Discover College Soccer is proud to have VO as a partner, and on February 22nd, VO is launching a game changer in sports tech, and you are invited to the exclusive online reveal that will happen at 2 p.m. Eastern on February 22nd. Get ready for a major leap in sports recording and live streaming. We can't wait to see you there. I can't wait to hear what they have in store for us. Just click the link here in the show notes, and we'll see you there. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Discover College Soccer. Today, I'm lucky enough to be joined by Coach Baker from Florida Atlantic University. Welcome, Coach. Good morning, sir. How are you? Doing well, thanks. Good to see you on the screen. Got to see you, I guess, a couple months ago at the uh, the Tampa Super Cup, so that was fun. And uh, yep. was really Good excited event. to be able to see uh, you guys play in your conference tournament they held over at Premier. Uh, so that was fun. Did you, did you guys like that, having that kind of neutral site conference tournament? Um, I think, well, we did, um, you know, first, first year having it there, um, you're going to kind of have some transitional, I mean, I want to say issues, just transitional things that pop up, you know, I think a lot of us appreciate the fact that, um, none of the institutions have to host it, um, because there is the pressure of putting on a wonderful event, right. For the student athletes. But I think there are so many conferences that are going to, a separate destination all roads lead to wherever yeah. you know yeah. um and so all roads leading to lakewood ranch was 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 pretty cool and so many of our girls had played there as youth players that uh coming back again and playing um important games uh was really nice the weather was great so that always helps you know um yeah one or two coaches complained it was a little too warm during the day but i was like well better to say that than the alternative in my opinion but you know that's just us Floridians talking, you know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, and you got a couple, a uh, couple of the, of the of the area girls on your roster, which is great. Um, but you know, we we saw each other uh, kind of after that, and um, you know, the uh, ECNL event was was there at that same facility, and so we're in the th- yep. the throes of of recruiting time right now. So, give me a little bit of sense in terms of your overall recruiting calendar, right? So you're you. you when you know do you still have some one or two 24s you're trying to lock in has that been done and dusted for a while and you're really hard on the 25s are you are you even writing down names of 26s and what what does that look like right now for a division one program yeah I, i would say ours is probably a little different than most you know because um we do always try to keep one or two spots you know um we do a lot with international players. Um, and so that time timeline takes lo- a longer time, you know, um, and hopefully you get to see them. And of course you're doing a lot of this with them and their parents. Um, of course it's an easier sell, right? You're like, Hey, we live in Boca Raton, the weather, you know, and they're like, uh, so there's only one flight and they're going to be in sunshine the whole time. They're like, where do I sign? You know, um, so from a international standpoint, you know, it, it's, 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 it's a nice thing, but, um, yeah, going with recruiting, I would say all the above, like, you know, we're jotting down names of 26s that we can't communicate with. Um, probably the, it's a sweet spot, you know, for the 2025 class. Um, of course, there's always the odd story. Sometimes I shouldn't say odd. There's, there's the interesting story. I think at the end of each recruiting class, that's something I always tell our you know, our staff, we got to always be 
prepared because you never know a when someone unfortunately might leave your program but on the flip side uh, there may be an opportunity to bring someone into your program you know so um yeah so from a recruiting standpoint it was great to have the uh the you know the dead period i wish that was around when my kids were younger um you know coaches now they don't even know that there wasn't a dead period you know during the holidays so uh probably aging myself there but you know you come out of that event and you know, you're hitting the ECRL event there in, in, um, in Orlando. You're hitting the ECNL event, Lakewood Ranch. Um, you know, you've got a lot of the clubs are doing ID, I, their own ID camps, which is great. Um, of course, colleges are doing the same. Um, you're getting your team ready for spring. Um, so, and you want some second looks at some of the 25s. You know, you go to one game and you say, wow. You know, and you come back to the next game, you're like, where's the player I saw yesterday? Or where's the player I saw at the last event? So, um, just kind of building the consistency, I would say, of evaluations with a lot of the young ladies is kind of a big thing right now in the recruiting process. Well, and you mentioned ID camps, and I know you know your staff is active at at some of the uh, the the I guess the the multi school camps, and I know you guys are hosting your own here coming up in in a little bit and and later in the spring. So, how important are those ID camps? Kind of do you, is it one of those things where kind of the order of operations is player reaches out you try to see him at a tournament you say you know what let's come come to the id camp and like is is there kind of a process that you tend to go through at least with the domestic players um i think i think it's a two-part let, let, let me just address the the clubs having them so it's great because if the club hosts it right then all their age groups can kind of be involved right and it's great for the for the for the families, the patrons, right, the paying customer, that they can see a lot of college coaches, hopefully, you know, in their own backyard, right. So limited travel, you know, and for us, it's really important as as universities and colleges to get to those different places because um, that's how we've built FAU women's soccer is with the in-state talent. We've dabbled internationally, but when we first got here. First of all, our roster was 65% out of state. Now, Matt, we're a state university. That shouldn't be the case. Um, we we had horrific st recruiting stories. Um, one of the best coaches in the state of Florida is Mike Pickett at St. John's Country Day up in Jacksonville, right? And he brought – he my predecessor, he brought – he brought to my predecessor three recruits on a weekend and said, Hey, we're coming down. We've got three recruits, you know, one or two of the campus. And um, there was a no show on campus. So coach Pickett toured campus, showed the girls around, right? Left the note, put it on the coach's door. He's still waiting for a response. And this is 15 years <laughs> later, you know? So I'm like, well, at least we can show up and meet people, right? I mean, at least we can, at least we'll be able to do that, you know? Um, and so the clubs, it's massive because they are a lot of times dictating the message to the players, right? And so if we never show up at any of their events, it's very hard for them to know who we are and what we represent and how our season's going, right? Um, and then on the flip side, us being able to host the girls get to be around us individually, maybe a little bit longer. 
They get to meet our players, which I think is huge. They get to be in the facilities and be kind of like, okay, this is a potentially like a day in the life of what it might be like. Like if, you know, you mentioned, you know, Nikki, my assistant, if she, if people meet Jeremy or Nikki or myself and be like, Hey, this is a staff that I think would help me, you know, as a student athlete in my future, well then great. You know, um, maybe you come to campus and you realize, I just don't want to be that close to the beach. You know, <laughs> I don't want to be that close to great shops and whatever, you know, I don't, whatever it might be. And, but I think that's the other piece, you know, sometimes people are like, well, when do you care when someone visits? And we're like, we we really don't care. We're all going to kind of be the, the same when you visit, you know? So um, as long as we get a visit and I always tell recruits, if you visit us, the greatest thing that can happen is that when you leave with mom or dad, you know, um, is that you say, Hey, I'd like to go back for a second visit, you know, um, because you're probably not going to say, Hey, I want to commit, you know, you're going to get married after your first date. No, you know, so Hey, and I do think that the, I think the thing, Matt, that young ladies and young men for that matter, but we're talking about women's soccer. So I'll say young ladies, the young ladies really are struggling with is there's this like, they feel like they're in a, a pressure cooker and the and the clock on the wall is ticking, you know, and they look at social media and they see people are committing and this and that and why not me? And and I feel bad, you know, I, I really feel bad um, because you hope everybody makes the right decision, but a lot of times, you know, they don't. And that's why the transfer portal, which I don't even know we'll get to, but, you know, the transfer <laughs> portal is over 1,600 you know, women's soccer players, that's, that's nuts, you know? Oh, I, I agree. And I, and I was going to ask if, if you guys look at the portal at all in your recruiting and, and how it's kind of changed maybe the way you, you, you fill classes and, you know, is there, is there a roster size you're trying to hit each year to, so you're, you're, you're using the, the portal to fill in and, and, and kind of how, how does yeah. that look for you guys? Well, our, our cycle, when we first, when we, when we first got here to FAU, we were like Noah's Ark. We needed two of everything. You know, we needed <laughs> two center backs, two forwards, two wide midfielders, two goalkeepers. So we were like, come yeah. on, come all. And so we, we, we've had this every four years, you know, is, is kind of our cycle. And that, but that's also when we've been the most successful. We build, 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 build. We've got this great class. And because we've had that kind of big class every four years, um, it's just kind of stayed with us to your point. Would it be nice if it was like six or seven players every year and it just stayed that way? Yeah. But COVID changed a lot. As you well know, the portal has changed, you know, now with the new legislation, Matt, they're, they're claiming that you could go to a different school all four years. I'm sorry. Every four years, you could go to a different school. So you could play it at university a then go to college b for year two then you go to another place for year three and then you do your final year or year four i'm like well that's not what you know that but it is kind of what is happening sometimes at the club level where people jump right absolutely and now you're allowing them to jump in in college and you know um we've we've i know this isn't what you're asking but about the portal so we've only had one player in three years with undergraduate eligibility to jump in the portal. Wow. I think that says two things. Number one, um, people enjoy it here. Like they enjoy their student athlete experience. They 
feel like they're being challenged educationally, being challenged with their soccer. Uh, they're growing and developing. On the flip side, there's too many, and I would say this if they were sitting on this call, there's too many coaches that after one semester are like, you know what, you're just not panning out and you should probably get into the portal. To me, it's like, where has the development gone? Like you made a commitment, like you made a commitment, they made a commitment to you, right? And unless they've just come in and just been absolutely, you know, the worst player, the worst teammate, you know what I'm saying? Like, okay, yeah. there's that conversation. But if they're truly trying hard, like you got to at least give them a year or two, be like, we've done everything. You've done everything. We're just at a crossroads. You know, maybe it's playing time. Hey, if it's really playing time that you're interested in, let's help find you another home. Right. But it goes both ways. Don't get me wrong. Right. You know, uh, because players will come in after a semester and be like, it's not working out, you know, and I'm leaving. And then on the flip side, coaches are coming in, you know, having player meetings and they'll come in and be like, Hey, listen, you know, you, you didn't even make the travel team this year. You, you should look for another school. You're never going to get that great story about, Hey, as a freshman, I was here as a sophomore, I was here. I really got it when I was a junior. And then I became this unbelievable captain, you know, starter and led our team to the conference championship or an NCAA bid. That, that story is, is, is going to be well lost, I'm afraid, you know, or, or it'll be a much smaller percentage than it was, which is kind of a shame. Yeah, no, you're right. It's, it's, it's tough. Uh, it is tough. And, and it, you see it very different. I guess approaches at different schools and, and, and then you just see these numbers and the constant churn and what's sad is how many of them never, never end up somewhere else. Right. But, uh, but it is what it is. And unfortunately there's some administrations that are like, Hey, just win. Yeah, exactly. If the portal, the portal is part of the solution, then if they're not good enough, then you have every right to let them know. I I, I totally understand that. But I guess, you know, when you have kids of your own and you've got, um, you know, my, my son currently plays in, in the college realm, and um, you just look at it differently, you know, yeah. well, uh, and I get it. If it was your own child, you'd look at it differently too. Right. But I, I know looking at mine, I always feel like if our player is, if one of our players is sitting across from me, I'm like, you know, is, is that my daughter? If that was my daughter and I have one, if that was my daughter, how would I want this conversation to be handled? Yeah. You know, and um, you're not always going to get it right, but you're trying as best you can. And um yeah, I think that's another thing. They talk about graduation rates. I think they should talk about uh, transfer portal <laughs> rates. Yeah. How many? How many you keep and how many go in? You know, I think it Absolutely. says a lot. Yeah, for sure. Well, coach, let's talk a little bit more about the school. Uh, you know, you mentioned it's a gorgeous spot, uh, Boca Raton, yeah. and and you've been there for a few years now. Kind of, what do you? What do you think are some of the, the the great things about Florida Atlantic? Maybe some stuff we wouldn't even know just by going through the website. Well, one of the things. Um, that we always share with people when they come to visit is, um, you know, we're we're located, we call it the Boca Bubble, you know, Boca Raton. It's a very affluent area, beautiful houses, cars, shopping, restaurants, you name it. <clears throat> um, and right smack in the middle is a major Division One university, you know. Uh, so it's not a sleepy college town, right? And it's not a downtown, you know. Um, so it's unique in that way. If we were conversing right now and you're like, coach, I lost track of time. Um, I got to meet my wife um, at the beach for, you know, uh, a quick, you know, whatever, quick coffee. 
um, you would call me back in 10 minutes, feet in the sand, coffee in hand, holding your wife's hand, being like, okay, coach, we can resume that conversation. So our location, right, and overall climate is attractive because it's a, it's a tropical paradise, right, as most places are in Florida. People sell the sunshine, but, like, we are literally, like, that close to, you know, the beach. Um, and so being having players that are loving the outdoors and, of course, love the water, it's always a it's always a big thing. Um, we actually, the premises of the campus was actually a, an Air Force base in the 1960s, and it went defunct as an Air Force base. And then the state of Florida wanted to open up a major university somewhere in South Florida. And so they didn't choose a current existing university. They created Florida Atlantic University, um, which used to be um, an Air Force base. And there's actually still a couple barracks on the backside of campus. Um, we actually had, now again, this was like, you know, 50s, 60s. There's tunnels under our campus. Now you, you can't get in them now, but um, back then, you know, spies were big. You know, they would come over. We're so close to the water. Spies would just hang out at the, at the bar or the restaurants and trying to hear what, you know, the Air Force people were saying. And the actual very first threads of anthrax were developed on our campus because um, at the Air Force Base, they thought they were going to wipe out Russia um, and their wheat fields by using anthrax. You know, but so there's certain places on campus that if, you know, we'll, we'll be on a golf cart tour with somebody and be like, hey, you know, that's one of the big vents that goes to the tunnels. And you wouldn't know it, like unless you were like with us and we're pointing it out, you would just assume like it's uh, an air duct for something or a sewage line or something, you know, just like. Um, but I also would say from the campus standpoint, it's um, it's a very walkable, bikeable, skateboardable campus. It's not like there's because it was a, an Air Force base, there's actually no roads that intersect the middle of campus. So it's kind of always like, like a it's like an onion layer. You know, and the middle of campus is protected. And then, you know, um, there's parking and then there's a big loop that goes around campus, housing inside and out of it, athletics. Um, they did keep the runway um, from the Air Force uh, base time, um, but now it's just a private, you know, a private runway. Um but we train right next to it. We, we Our stadium's right close to it. So sometimes you'll see a plane, you know, dropping from the sky, you know, <laughs> appropriately. And uh, they'll think, well, that's landing really close. But it's because of the Air Force um, base so long ago. Yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. I didn't know that. Um, well, let's talk a little bit more. You mentioned the practice right next to it. Let's talk about the the team and, and kind of the, the overall soccer side of things. Yeah. Uh, we, you mentioned your your assistant coaches. Kind of talk more about your staff and maybe any support staff that uh, in the athletic department that also help out with that team. What does that look like? <clears throat> well, we just so we just moved to the American Athletic Conference, and a, a great move. Of course, it was football driven. You know, we were in Conference USA. So when we when we when we got here in 2013, we were making the jump from the Sun Belt to Conference USA, um, and you know, it was like, hey, how are you going to beat North Texas? Who's going to beat North Texas? And, um, you know, we managed we managed to, you know, kind of make our mark in that conference, which was great. Um, and But they've also, along with ourselves and four other schools, a total of six altogether, 
have left Conference USA to join the American. And Memphis is a fantastic program. You know, I don't know if you've had Brooks, but he would be someone I would recommend um, who's just doing a, an amazing, an amazing job. And so I think, you know, now it's like, okay, who's going to get Memphis, you know? And so now being in this new conference, we know that we've got to recruit differently. Um, systematically, I think we'll, we'll be okay. Um, but even if you look at the end of this year's standings, the top four teams were all returners from the American Athletic Conference. Uh, Charlotte, who was in Conference USA and made the leap, uh, they were fifth. Uh, Tulsa, returning team from the American, was sixth. We were seventh, and we probably had the youngest team. Um, and then UAB was eighth. And so to us, it just showed how strong the strength of the conference because so many of the returning teams fared well you know? And, um, so this kind of year, this was like a kind of get to know the conference and feel things out a little bit. And of course, even last year, you didn't play everybody away. So this year we'll see some teams for the first time at their home places. So even this year will be like an introductory year of kind of how to find, you know, all the different venues, but the conference has been great. The venues have been phenomenal. Um, Jeremy and Nikki are kind of like my my two right right hands um jeremy just joined us um but deals a lot with our goalkeeping and our back line um nikki's been with us for a couple of years now um won a championship with us in in 2019 and kind of leads our recruiting efforts and just does a great job also works with our forwards within our system so um love our staff and and that's we we found out as we were looking because the NCAA has just allowed for a third assistant. And so it's been interesting to find out who in our conference next year will have the third assistant. And of course, we're not there yet, but we're hoping to. Um, but love our staff. And I think our players would tell you that um, everybody has a every everybody has a voice, you know, and um, Nikki can lead the team. Jeremy could lead the team. Um, and the culture, you know, I think the culture is key. Um, we have a we have multiple t-shirts every year that change with our camps and it's called live like champions. And, um, it's not like go to school, like a champion. It's not like play like a champion. It's live like a champion, live your life like a champion. We want to be great in the classroom. Our GPA last semester was a 3.68, 3.68 for the team. We had 30 players and then we had, a, you know, there was no yahoos. There was no outlier, you know, everybody had above a three Oh, um, now that doesn't get the kind of coverage Matt it should because to me, the academic prowess and what the girls do in the classroom, right, is just if not more important than what they do on the field. But everybody looks at that piece first, right? Because that's where you're looking at your social media, you're looking at the websites, right? And you're gonna see, oh, this player did this, this player did this. So we internally try to as much as we can promote um what our girls are doing academically. And socially, we want to be darlings in the community. We've always said that it's very hard to ask people to come watch us play, um, especially early when we really didn't have an identity. Now we draw quite well, um, but you gotta you gotta go to others first. You gotta reach out to those, right? Um, and so, just doing things throughout the community on a on an annual basis is really important. But we hope by doing that, then they'll come back in the fall and support our players in a big way. Great. Well, <clears throat> but now I got to train the guns on you. Uh, how would you describe kind of your coaching style 
uh, and what you're trying to implement there within the team? Um, I've always, I've always said that if someone were to show up in the stands as a neutral and not know which team was FAU and which team was the opponent, I would hope that after a very short period of time, they would like a couple of things. And number one, the attempt to try to keep the ball, you know, um, how we press and, and, and counter press, I think is, is one of our strengths, um, you know, and, and I get why people put a lot of, you know, like goals out there because I think goals are important, you know, to try and goal setting is important. Um, but I've always said, you know, if, if we win more than we lose and we're playing our best soccer at the end of the year and we're healthy, then we probably stand a good chance of being successful. And we've just kept kind of the recipe pretty simple. Um, we've invested in the state of Florida as far as our players, you know, we we played um, USF in the quarterfinals of the American, and um, you know we were we were you know we we played well and 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 fortunate to win the game one zero. But afterwards, um, one of the things that I did uh, was I reached out to all the Florida club coaches that had players that were in our starting lineup, and I thanked them because. you know, um, seven of the 11 that night were from the state of Florida. And I just think that matters, you know, um, we're a state institution and we want to, you know, we want to grow and, and continue to develop our identity within state players. Um, and I think we try to, we're definitely a crossing and finishing type team. You know, we believe in wide players. We believe in <clears throat> um, using the flanks. You know, um, we've traditionally played out of a four four two, but we've actually kind of transitioned playing in more of the out of the four three three. But we play both, you know, on, on the regular and training. We'll mix it up, you know. And sometimes if we have an inner squad, one's playing one, one's playing the other, so we're never that very far from either system. But I also think now we're finally, you know, probably six years ago, if I said, "Hey, we're going to change," you know, our system, they would have been like, "No, we, you know, what are we doing?" You know. Uh, you, you can't change, but um, now I feel like we've introduced it long enough where we're very fluid and we can, you know, make a substitution and they can walk on the field and be like, hey, we're moving to this and no problem, you know. Okay, great. Well, I, I don't want to take too much of your time. I got one last question for you. Uh, it's pretty broad, but but I, uh, if you if you could just pick one nugget, one piece of information that that you think is crucial for for any parent family player going through the recruiting process to know uh, as they're as they're going through this journey, what would you want them to know? I think you've got to be organized and I think you have to be thorough in the process. What you put into it is what you're going to get out of it. If you put very little in and that you hope that everybody else is going to come running, it probably doesn't happen. There's a very small percentage of players that actually want to attend this school and that school recruits them. And so you have to be organized and you have to be thorough. So if you don't get that school Well, what is the second one, the third one, the fourth one, and how close can you mirror that um, and enjoy it? That's the one thing that I just feel like, I don't know who's the entity that provides the most stress and maybe it's a combination of both, but I just feel like you've got to let your 
your child enjoy the guide them be insightful but they've got to enjoy it because their happiness i can attest to this as a parent as much as a coach your child when they are happy there's no greater feeling as a parent and if they are not happy and they're jumping in the transfer portal then it probably done wrong and you don't want to have to do it all over again absolutely couldn't agree more well coach really appreciate the time uh, hopefully Thank I'll you, see, sir. I'll see you somewhere along the, uh, the tournament. Hopefully uh, so. Hopefully so. Yep. Sounds rounds good. Uh, in the spring. All right. Okay, sir. Thank, Thank you. you. All right. Hi everybody. It's Matt from discover college soccer. I hope you're enjoying the podcast, whether that's on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. I also wanted to let you know about the Discover College Soccer Study Table. This is our brand new online portal that is complete with a 14-part online course giving you all of the ins and outs of the college soccer recruiting process. There's also a wealth of resources such as checklists, templates. There's the spreadsheets that have every soccer program in the country along with their coaches, their contact information, their social media information. Uh, some basic stats about the school and more. Plus, there's an online community where you can ask your questions, share your wins, your losses, any questions that you may have around the college soccer recruiting process. It's all there at the Discover College Soccer study table that you can find at discovercollegesoccer.com slash study table. And hopefully we will see you there.